0: Welcome to the Mindset Medicine Podcast. I'm Catherine Lukadu, and this is where we're going to talk about mindset, momentum, business mastery, business marketing, growth strategies, and shifting your mindset toward really achieving your goals and dreams. So let's get started. What gets us through difficult times? What is it that gets us through the most difficult times that we might ever go through in our lives. Good afternoon, everyone. I received a lot of comments, a lot of private messages after I posted um, my own transformation. And I was, I have to say, honestly, I was so surprised to get that amount of um reaction to my post. Maybe because I've lived, I've lived with everything for so long and I, and I lived through uh, my difficult times that to me, it doesn't seem extraordinary. To me, it's more about survival. So I thought I would come on here because I actually had a lot of people um, message me and private message me and ask me how, how did you manage to get through such tough times that you've been through? Um, So a brief recap, and I'll add maybe a couple of more details that I didn't put in that post. So 15 years ago, um, I had a massive heart attack and uh, was taken to the hospital, rushed to the hospital really. Um, They couldn't stabilize me and I just kept having one heart attack after another. Like I've had every symptom of a heart attack in the textbooks, you name it, I've had it. Um, And that went on for five days in a row. So first I think I'm gonna start there because here's what I learned that one week in the hospital when the doctors couldn't stabilize me to actually do an angiogram to put me into surgery. They couldn't do anything with me. They didn't know what to do. Here's what I had to learn really, really quickly. And it hadn't been something that I was very good at before this point was handling a situation and how we react to situations really determines the outcome. For me, the outcome was living or dying. It it was really that simple. The doctors told me I needed to calm myself down. They told me I needed to relax Um, and they told me you have to keep your heart rate low because as soon as your heart rate starts to speed up, you're going to have issues. Sorry, I have allergies every time I come here, (laughs) crazy, I know this is live, but My nose is running, sorry. So so what I had to learn within those five days in the hospital that I was having one heart attack after another is I had to learn how to calm myself down very, very quickly. And I had to, you know, you have a heart monitor that's beeping 24-7 in your ear and you can hear when that starts to rise very quickly or when it falls and I realized that when I was by myself and if I started to think about what if what if I don't make it through what if I never see my kids again my kids were only two and just less than seven years old all of, this, all of these things kept going through the mind, the what-ifs and the future, me future pacing like, well, what if I never get out of here? What if I die while I'm lying here? My heart rate would start to go up. So very quickly, I had to realize that thinking ahead like that was not serving me at all. Um, we have to remain in the present. And what I had to learn very quickly is that I had to appreciate the little th- the little good things that were happening to me that week. So for example, I'd have a heart attack, they would give me more medication, it would calm down. So I would say, "Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for for calming it down this time." And then the next morning, it would start up again, and I could feel like I could feel, believe it or not, you can actually feel things traveling through your body. It's it's not it's not great at all. But When that happened, now I started to become proactive because I knew a heart attack was actually coming on. So I would press that hospital button and I would call in the nurse and say, It's starting. So they would come in and I was very, I was, I remained rational. So this then started me on this course of learning that I get to control the way that I react to situations. It's actually all in my control. So when I got home, and I had been home for less than a week, I felt a stroke coming on. Now, you might think like, how on earth would you feel a stroke? Well, my entire arm went numb, and my hand sort of got frozen into a claw. Um, I could feel, Something traveling up the side of my face. It was all tingly. I knew that those were the signs of a stroke. Um, Very quickly with my left hand, I called my husband. He rushed, got me to the hospital very quickly. Again, calm, because I had learned that if I start getting anxious and stress, it was going to speed up what was already in place, what was already in motion. So now let's fast forward, okay? let's fast forward to to any day that we're in right now of the pandemic. Let's fast forward to our reactions to people and situations that we are encountering. These days, people are very reactionary because their stress levels are very high and that's what happens. As your stress levels begin to rise, your reactions become very quick. It's, it's sort of like survival mode. Um, and you're, you're reacting to everything without actually just stopping and thinking through what's happening. When a person says something to you, are you taking everything personally? Or could you step back and say, maybe they're just going through something right now? I, I taught for... Wow, I think we're going on 20-something years now, I was a teacher. And in being a teacher in a classroom, so I started at primary school level. And actually, primary school, they're okay because, you know, you, you sound a little bit more stern or you sound a little more disciplinary and they listen to you. The challenge is when you get to high school. And when you're teaching high school students, especially grade 12, and back when I was teaching grade 13, they like to test you. And this, for me, was a test of reaction and how to stay calm. Because what students like to do is they like to get a reaction out of people. And those of you who are teaching your children at home now and your children are being homeschooled, um, or they're online learning, I should say, this is what's happening is you are going to have a lot of um, provocation or they're trying to get you to react. They too are frustrated and they don't know how to deal with that. You likely don't know how to deal with your frustration. And so there's a clash going on and there's a lot of there's a lot of frustrated people at their wits end out there. I know because I've spoken to many of them and I got many messages and people I've met out in, in the supermarket who recognize me. So here's the thing. This is what I learned from teaching. When you're in a classroom and the students are watching you for a reaction, that is the time that you don't give one. I have had students who were swearing in class. I had students who were talking back to me in class. I had students who would just get up and do different things. Now, one thing I wasn't was a pushover as a teacher at all. But what I learned was the reactions that I needed to have in certain situations. If I knew a student was provoking me That wasn't the time for me to have a reaction. That was the time for me to remain calm and just speak logically to them uh, in a stern voice, you know, ask them to step outside with me so we could have a conversation, things like that. It was never acting in the same way back to them. You know, sometimes we say we should mirror the person that's in front of us, other times we shouldn't because that won't help your situation. So now let me fast forward to real estate. So I had learned how to react with with parents who would come in and speak to me and the parents would be very upset. They didn't know what to do about their children. Again, I had to remain calm, reassure them that, you know, parents are always wondering if they're at fault um, because their child isn't performing in a certain way. We had children who hadn't been diagnosed with some learning disabilities. The parents took that personally, like it was something they had done which is not the case at all. So there's a lot of understanding um, involved. All of those situations gave me, including when I was sick, um, they really test patience. They test the way that you react to situations. And you also get to gauge and learn through trial and error what kind of reactions will work in a situation and what kinds won't. What kind of reaction works with certain types of people and what reactions will get you the opposite effect of what you're looking for? So we fast forward now, my second year in real estate. Real estate is wonderful, but I didn't expect it to be as difficult as it was communication wise because I realized that the public saw me as a salesperson. And I never saw myself as a salesperson. I saw myself as someone wanting to help people and someone wanting to guide them, help them move to a, a new home. And I would get excited about the homes that I was showing them. So there were times when I would sit at a table, a kitchen table, and I could not understand why someone was being so mean. I mean, I I really can't think of any other word. I remember one time I was at a house in another town and they actually had relatives over. And they, I mean, I felt like I was being judged. There were about eight people around this table and I was sitting at the end and they were just like throwing questions at me one after another after another. And I thought, wow, like this is is what this is like? What I hadn't learned yet was the reactions that I was required to learn in how to handle situations like that, because I hadn't been in sales situations. I had only ever been in education. And so I had to go back and remember the way that I had dealt with kids, So now how do I deal with adults? And how do we learn to communicate when we have a whole bunch of different personalities at a table? And of course we know when people are together, they feel stronger. And so that was a learning curve for me as well. Dealing with agents who weren't very nice, (laughs) I'll put that in quotations, um, when trying to get deals done early, early in my career. I had always learned that we should be respectful of people. And I had learned that I'm not going to swear at you. Why would I swear at you? And, um, you know, let's, let's be respectful. Let's work together to try and get this done. So I had this deal once where this agent was... Nothing like I expected. I don't even want to get into the details of what she was like, but really, nothing I quite expected. The language she was using, her demeanor—I I, was—I was shocked, to, to say in the least. So, I remember going to my first manager in real estate. I remember knocking on his door the next morning. I walked in, I closed the door, I sat down, and I said, and I looked at him, and I said could you teach me how to be a bitch? And he said, what? I said, I don't know. I don't know how to deal with these people. They're, they're I don't know. Like I, I honestly, my, what I have learned thus far in education and dealing with people, I don't know how to deal with these mean people. And he started laughing and he said, he said, I'm not laughing at you. He's like, I've never had anyone ask me this before. He said, no, I am not going to teach you how to become bitchier. He said, I'm not going to do it because that's not who you are. He said, what you have to learn is to deal with people's expectations. He said, you're going to have to grow a thick skin. You are going to have to grow a backbone. And he said, yeah, you are going to have to stand up for yourself. And you're not going to let people walk over you. He said, You know, the more you learn, the more experience you get, the better you'll get at this and the more confidence that you'll gain. Well, that brings me to this morning. So this morning, I was asked to do a video for brand new agents. And what are the three tips that I would give to brand new agents? So I came up with three tips. And now I'm actually gonna add a fourth, which I actually did talk about in my video. I just didn't call it the fourth. So here are the top three tips. And tell me if this, if this um, I mean, I'm just gonna get comfortable. I don't know if any of you have to go anywhere. I don't have to go anywhere because we're still in a lockdown. So I'm just gonna get comfortable. Um, so here is, here is what I, I told to these new agents who are getting licensed now. Number one, don't sell people. People don't like to be sold. People don't like the feeling of being hustled or like a deal is being done and they happen to be involved in it. And I don't mean that in a good way. I mean like, like you feel like someone is trying to hustle you. There is not a worse feeling in the world than someone who is trying to sell you on something. So that was my first tip, and we don't want to do that. We want to create relationships with people and actually work alongside them and, you know, develop a relationship where you respect each other, where they, they appreciate your opinion, they appreciate your knowledge and your experience. And obviously, that's what Catherine in year one and two didn't really understand yet is that once I gained the experience and the knowledge, I would, be, I would feel more confident and therefore I would be able to know what to say to people when I was put in challenging situations. So that's the number one for agents is, or anyone really in business, don't sell people. People do not want to be sold. People want to know you care about them. People, especially now, during a pandemic and post-pandemic, it's going to be how much do you care about my well-being? That's what all of this is going to be about and it always should have, but it got lost along the way when people were just doing things for money rather than helping people. And what we know is that if I help you, I will make money, but it's going to be secondary and it will come provided I do what I'm supposed to do. Number two, my second tip to anyone new getting into real estate or a business was mentorship and guidance is everything, everything. I think had I had a little more mentorship and guidance when I got into real estate, I may not have walked into my manager's office year two and asked him if he could teach me how to be a bitch because maybe I would have learned, you know, how to communicate or or to deal with objections and, you know, how do you deal with this type of personality? How do I deal with this type? And even though I really understood that as a teacher, I think under the role of salesperson, as I was told I was, um, I, for some reason, I just, I did, I felt like the same rules didn't apply. And they really did. And that's what I learned as the years went on is that the exact same rules apply. It's all about our communication with people. And do they, do they feel like when you look at them in the eye, do they feel like you care? Um, do they want to listen to what you have to say? Do you have, something productive, educational to tell people and offer people a of value. And number three, which actually I think is one of the most important, is a growth mindset. And having the growth mindset is right in line with reactions and how to deal with situations. So as you all know, maybe, maybe you've read more on this and, or maybe you haven't, but I'll give you a little summary. So we have two types of mindset. We have a fixed mindset and we have a growth mindset. A lot of people go through life with a fixed mindset and a fixed mindset is really based on fear. And I'm, uh, you know, maybe whoever is watching this, you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't go around being scared all the time, but it has nothing to do with that because fear the personality parts of us that, that live in fear are our ego. They are uh, us reacting negatively instead of positively to a situation. A fixed mindset doesn't see that there is positive down the road. What they see is problems right now. Problems that they're having difficulty solving. A fixed mindset is very resolute, meaning, these are my ideas, these are my issues, this is who I am, so deal with it. That is a fixed mindset. It means that you don't believe that you can change, you don't want to change, so therefore, growth is much harder. Change is very hard. And therefore, when you get into a situation, for example, like I had been in with my heart, if I had had a fixed mindset, I would never in a million years have gotten through all of the stuff that I went through because after the first heart attack I had, I would have been like, oh, well, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to have another one. I'm going to die. I never thought that. I kept trying to beat the heart attack. If I felt it coming because I could feel it coming up my arm, it literally like feels like it's squeezing your veins together. I would call the nurse. When it would start in my chest, I would call the nurse. So I was trying to be proactive. I wasn't taking my situation there in a the hospital as the end. To me it was, I have so much more to do. There is no way that this is the end of the line for me. It w- this is not happening. And I actually kept telling myself that lying there, I remember looking up and I said, there's no way that this is the end of the line. We are going to figure this out. A fixed mindset gives up easily. So let's go to the other spectrum, which is a growth mindset. So your growth mindset means that you see hope. It's not easy. I know. Uh, Trust me, I know. It's not easy waking up being positive every day. It is not easy. It wasn't easy when I was lying in a bed post open heart surgery with a huge scar down my chest, down my leg. I could barely walk, could barely breathe, but I had to keep my mind intact because I had two little children. I, there, I, there was no choice. There was no plan B. When I got into real estate, there was no plan B. I had to make it happen. So therefore, these situations that I encountered with difficult people, difficult situations, the roller coaster of a market going up, a market going down, January you have no money, and June you have lots of money, this is life. And once I learned how to react to life, and how to react in a calmer way, things began to go so much easier. I remember I was only given three months off after my open heart surgery and I had to go back and I had to teach for two months. I was living in a Mediterranean country so the temperatures had already reached 40 degrees Celsius by the time I had to go back and teach. Not only was it 40 degrees Celsius, but they put me in the third floor of like this attic of a building. It was hot up there and here's what happened. I remember walking in the first day. Now, what's interesting is you are the same person, but all of a sudden you are also a different person now post-surgery. Heart surgery is fascinating because when you do bypass, they actually remove the heart They bypass the arteries, they put the heart back in, and they restart you again. What that does is it makes you extremely sensitive to everything. So I don't even need to check my pulse. I can literally feel my pulse in my head most of the time. I can feel it in my neck. I can feel it speed up and I can feel it slow down. So when I had to go back and teach, there I was in the classroom and I'd realized that the heat was getting to me. My anxiety was started go- flaring up. The students could see I was not okay at all and I, I had two choices. I was either going to walk out of that classroom and I wasn't walking back into any other classroom again or I was going to calm myself down so that at least I could talk to the students and we would get through some semblance of a class. That's what I did. I sat down on the desk, I fanned myself, and I actually was honest and I looked them in the eye and I said, listen guys, I'm not feeling very well. This is my first day back. I said, maybe it's my nerves, maybe it's anxiety. That honesty, let me tell you the respect that those students ended up having for me. They would have water for me at my next classes. They were quiet, they were helpful. Because I decided that rather than putting on a show and pretending like I was okay, what if I'm just honest and I tell them, listen, I've been through a really tough time. I just need your guys' help to help me through this. What if we took that same advice and we use it to the situations that are going on now with the pandemic and the lockdowns? And I know we have stay-at-home orders here in Ontario, so... We've actually just been kind of homebody, office body, where there's no bodies in here uh, for quite some time. But if we were to take that same advice and just say, you know, if it's your kids that are acting up, rather than being reactionary to the kids, what if you just say, you know, I'm just feeling a little tired today. And you probably are too. You're probably really tired of this situation that's going on now. So what if... And then you actually propose something rather than losing your patience, rather than getting frustrated, because I know that it's so easy to go that route. I had to learn because I feel my heart, you know, overextending itself when I get anxious, when I get nervous, and when I get stressed, I've had to learn that I have no other option, but to calm myself down and react logically, realistically, and really just step back almost. I was explaining this to a friend of mine um, who was going through something and I said, you know, have you ever tried putting yourself in a bubble? And she said, well, what do you mean? And I said, imagine you literally create this silicone bubble around you. Whenever you are feeling that feeling where you start to feel anxious or you're feeling stressed or you get a phone call or you get a text and the text says, we need to talk and you know, it's not gonna be good when you get a text like that. You know, there's something challenging that's about to hit the ceiling. Before that heart rate starts to increase, where then the stress rates begin to increase, put yourself in that bubble, just stop for a moment and say, okay, it's fine. Whatever it is, I can deal with, whatever it is, whether it is a phone call that you're waiting from a doctor, whether it is a phone call, we are waiting for a COVID test even, whether it's a phone call from a client and you know that there may not be good news at the other, other end of that phone, whatever it is, before that reaction hits, stop and think for a moment, It's okay, let me just relax for a moment and I'm going to work through this. If you can start doing that intentionally going forward, it changes everything. That is the only reason I am still sitting here today is because I have learned to change the way that I react to situations, any kind of situation. And that bubble that I was talking about, I put myself in that bubble whenever I need to, because it's, it gives me a way of stepping out of the situation just for a few moments, so I can think about how is the best way to react. If we react immediately, most of the time it's never a good thing. What we say is likely not going to be good, and we may regret it. I also find that it gives you time to pause because, you know, we have what we call a fight or flight mechanism in our body. And the fight or flight, that's where these stress hormones, right, they start to overreact. And if, you're, if you pay attention to your body, your body will begin to tense up. And if you have an Apple Watch and you look down at your heart rate, it is going to start going up very, very quickly. I actually test myself with my heart rate every single day because I want it to be a certain level when I'm at rest, a certain level when I'm exercising, and a certain level the rest of the times during the day. What's interesting is when I feel like there's a situation coming up, and I own a brokerage, so there's always situations coming up. The way that I've been able to run a brokerage and sell real estate and have a coaching company and train agents is by understanding that my reactions to everything determine the outcome. If an agent comes to me with a problem either I can help them with that problem right then and there or I just take a couple of moments and think about what they're asking me and then come back to them because if we react to everything around us you will have no energy left by the end of the day. Not only will you have no energy left, your stress levels will be so high that the moment something happens, you're gonna turn on someone and you're gonna get angry at them because that's what happens when our stress levels get out of control. So as we move forward, we still have many months ahead of us in the pandemic, in the way that the environment is and the environment is gonna to continue to change. The way, that I am sitting here today and the way that I am at home and the way that I am when I'm snowshoeing and when I'm driving is I just take time to react. If you just take the time and think about things, life is a whole lot easier. Have an awesome weekend. It's sunny and blue skies, but. Freezing cold here, but I'm still going to go snowshoeing this afternoon. Reach out if you ever want to chat. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mindset Medicine. I hope you have found this helpful. If you would like to hear it again, just visit Coaching.com. and this podcast and all the previous ones I've done are all there along with other courses that are free, that may help you out as well. Bye for now.